Welcome to the Sanctuary Therapy Journey podcast, where we will embark on a transformative exploration of Sanctuary Therapy. I'm your host, Donna Myris, owner and provider for the Canadian Sanctuary Institute, and I am thrilled to have you join me on this powerful journey to discover how Sanctuary Therapy can bring healing and transformation to our clients. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Santre Therapy Podcast. I'm your host, Donna Myers, and I'm happy to have you here. One of the main questions that I often get asked in the Santre Therapy trainings that I provide is, is documentation different for documenting Santre Therapy than it is for documenting any other modality? And the answer, of course, is yes. So today I would like to dive into documentation in Santre Therapy. So documentation is a crucial aspect of any form of therapy, and Santre Therapy is absolutely no exception. It provides a record of the therapeutic process. It facilitates reflection and further understanding. It also aids in our treatment plans and, of course, ensures accountability. As mental health professionals, we're entrusted with the responsibility of documenting our clients' therapeutic journeys. In Santre Therapy, this process is both critical and complex given the unique characteristics of this therapeutic modality. Santre Therapy utilizes expression through miniatures and processing prompts, worlds, etc., which requires innovative strategies for adequate documentation. This podcast will highlight for you the nuances of documenting Santre Therapy, discussing the why, what, and how of the process. So before we dive into the specifics, it's essential to understand, of course, why documentation is crucial in Santre therapy. First, it helps track the client's progress. Documentation allows us to track the client's therapeutic journey. It highlights patterns for us, any reoccurring themes, and observable shifts in a client's Santre narrative, and it provides insights into their emotional state and, of course, progress in therapy. It enhances understanding, not only for the clients, but also for us. Documenting a session aids in the therapist's understanding and insight of what occurred in the client's Santre. It supports reflection and aids in processing the session. As professionals, we are legally and ethically mandated to document therapy sessions. It ensures accountability and is crucial in case of legal disputes or audits. Documentation can be valuable in, as a resource when doing clinical supervision or case consultation. It will allow you to return back to those notes, reflect back what occurred, and obtain feedback and insight for further reflection and progress. So what do we document in Santre Therapy is the burning question. So like any other documentation, you're going to always want to document the client information, your basic demographics, including client's name, the date, session number, and a brief note of their emotional state at the beginning of the session. As we get into the body of our Santre Therapy note, however, we're going to want to document the client's interaction with the Santre and with the miniatures, what miniature they selected initially, what their body language demonstrated, any verbal comments, any emotional reactions, and of course, any notable occurrences during the session. 
You'll want to document if a directive was provided or not. It, was this a non-directive world or did you actually specifically ask for a directive to be used? You'll want to document the categories from which the miniatures in the sand tray are from, whether they're nature items, people, transportation, fantasy, etc. This is significant if less categories are used and what the theme might be presenting as. It is important to include any themes you observe, such as rigid worlds, chaotic worlds, empty worlds, any groupings that you've observed. Is it a journey or were there any polarities in the sand tray? Include a detailed description of the final sand tray as it stands at the end. Describe the placement and arrangement of miniatures and the presence of any barriers or conflicts. So you're going to want to document the processing phase and the portion of which the client had described what occurred for them, what narrative, what story did they provide about their sand tray. Include your processing prompts or any reflections that you gave for the client, any insights that perhaps the client gained during the sand tray session. Be sure to use and distinguish your words from the client's words. And of course, you're going to want to end and comment on the client's emotional state at the end of the session and any homework or follow-up activities assigned as well as the follow-up appointment. So methods for documentation vary from individual to individual, whether that's standardized per your organization or perhaps your app or software program that you're using, but it is important to include all that I described when documenting, no matter the layout of your note. So taking photographs at the end of the sand tray therapy session is an effective way of documenting the client's creation. It provides a visual record that can be revisited during future sessions or for further reflection. Remember to obtain consent from the client before taking any photographs and ensure they are securely stored with your file. When I first introduced sand tray therapy to a client, I explained that each session ends with a photograph and that they are not responsible for cleanup or dismantling their tray. This helps with gaining a consent right from the beginning. I know some of you may be wondering about the client taking a photograph at the end as I mention this. I personally don't suggest it to clients, however, many adult clients do request it and sometimes kiddos want to show their creation to a parent. If this is the case, I would not deny a client a photo. However, I would document it and maybe explain to the client that this is simply a snapshot in time. If some insight was founded in the client's sand tray, it is important for the client to not dwell or ruminate over the photo as to stunt any further processing that occurs outside of the session. If the sand tray was used more for teaching a skill or developing coping, then of course, they if they wish to take a photo as a reminder, then that is different. I wouldn't deny it in those cases. Encourage your client if they wish to write or draw about their sand tray experience outside of the session as homework. This serves as a form of self-reflection for the client and provides additional insight into their internal process. Again, it's not about sending the photograph home with them, but really just to allow them to express and process what occurred for them in their session. 
video recording. So some people might choose to videotape the sessions. With proper consent, video recording can be an excellent tool for capturing the dynamic process of Santray therapy. It allows for a comprehensive review of the client's interactions with the Santray, their body language, and verbal commentary. It is also helpful in clinical supervision at times. Santray diagrams can be used if you are planning to document during a session. You may create a diagram of the Santray, maybe even labeling the placement of the miniatures. This can be important if you have those clients that immediately want to dismantle it or their tray is very fluid or if you simply want to capture everything that occurred during the session. This can supplement narrative documentation and photographs, providing a clear layout of their sand tray. As mentioned, miniatures and themes. Keep an inventory of reoccurring miniatures and themes in the client's sand trays. This can highlight patterns for you and shifts over time, informing your treatment plans. While documentation is crucial, it's important to respect ethical guidelines. Maintain strict confidentiality of all documentation. Any identifying information should be removed or altered if documents are used for training, supervision, research, or consultation purposes. You want to ensure that you have obtained informed consent from the client before recording or photographing their sand trays. They should understand why these records are being kept and how they will be stored and used. Of course, ethically, you are required to store and secure all documentation, including photographs and any video recordings. You want to respect and be sensitive to this process for them. Documentation should respect the client's experience and perspective. Avoid any language or comments that could be considered judgmental or stigmatizing. Documenting Santray therapy is a nuanced process that requires sensitivity and attention to detail. It's not merely a task to meet legal and professional requirements, but a valuable tool in the therapeutic process itself. It enhances our understanding of our clients' inner worlds, allows us to track their journeys, and informs our treatment plans. As mental health professionals, it's our responsibility to ensure our documentation practices are ethical, respectful, and in our clients' best interest. With thoughtful and meticulous documentation, we can harness the full potential of Santray therapy, supporting our clients in their healing and growth. So when you step into your next Santray therapy session, remember your pen is just as crucial as your Santray and miniatures. It's the tool that captures the rich stories unfolding in the sand, translating them into the language of therapeutic progress and understanding. In this sense, documentation is not just an adjunct to therapy, but a part of the therapy itself, a mirror that reflects the therapeutic process, enhancing its clarity and depth. Keep documenting, keep learning, and continue supporting your clients' journeys towards healing and self-discovery. Until next time, everyone, take care. This episode was brought to you by the Canadian Santray Institute. For all your training needs in Santray therapy, head on over to www.canadiansantrayinstitute.ca to learn more.